Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, season three of the Dodgeball Podcast, first episode. And uh, I feel like if I had taken any more of a break, I probably would have just abandoned this project entirely. So I guess it's time for me to get back into the swing of things. And um, couldn't think of a better way to start than with a recap of the second annual Dodgeball Tribune. And here to help me do so is Tyler Greer, Bill Fisher, and Joseph Coella. Guys, thanks for hopping on, especially uh, so quickly. I mean, Tribune was just, what, two days ago? So thanks for being here. No problem. All right. Thank you. So let's go ahead and um, kind of just dive right into it. Um, Tyler, I just want to hit you with the first question. Um, how, did, how did it go for you overall? I think it went uh, really good. Um, obviously, I had uh, Joe, who uh, helped run it for me, did a great job, uh, made <clears> it really smooth for me. Um, you know, he just took care of everything. I was able to play. I was able to enjoy it with my team. Um, yeah, it was just really great. I felt overall, and we had, you know, we had 13 teams show up. Um, we had four courts, same venue, and yeah, we had some technical. Well, we had some uh, some unfortunate perspiration and and uh, rain Humidity. that definitely caused some mishaps. But other than that, it was really great, and uh, yeah just enjoyed myself that's awesome i was wondering because i you know I, I saw you playing on heat and i was like oh i wonder if this is uh an event that he actually gets to to enjoy and i'm sure having uh joe basically running the tournament probably helps um substantially um real quick how many you said there were 13 teams you remember how many teams were last year uh there were 16 teams 16. last year but um uh, this year, I just decided to make it like men's only, so that's probably why we didn't get as many teams. And I actually tried to cap it at fourteen. So, actually, I originally capped it at twelve, and then I allowed one more team to go up, and then I was going to try and find a fourteenth, but it just gotcha. worked out that thirteen was the number, and and uh, I was really happy with all the turn the teams that came out. It was a really competitive tournament, so that's always important. I'll say. Yeah, I was going to give you a hard time. I was going to say, uh, yeah, at long last, uh, the men finally have their own uh, dodgeball tournament. That <laughs> It's about time, call. right? Yeah. Uh, did you get any flack for that? Um, or do you get any flack for that just from... I'm sure I probably did under, uh, you know, in whispers. Nothing really to my face, but yeah. Um, I just think, you know, overall, it's like, guys, we we don't really have like a men's only tournament, so... And the women do and there's no men allowed to play and so it just felt right to be like dude it's just it's just men's you know not a big deal not trying to exclude women it's just there can be a men's tournament it's okay to have men's only tournament so oh, so many so many rabbit holes i want to pursue right now but in the interest of of moving on and hearing from the other guys i'll uh i'll push pause on that one but we might come back to it but um <laughs> joe i mean um did you play in the last year's tribune uh yes i did i did i played on a, um i believe it was a a, a random team uh and uh, we, we did okay but it was uh it was fun it was fun foam is really not my game so um and no sting i can it's bearable for me um so i decided to uh and this year arsenal uh we have a lot of new players on the team so i wanted to give them the op the um, opportunity to play together and and have the opportunity to kind of watch them uh play from afar and, and see what uh um you know what things we need to work on for the upcoming elite season so gotcha 
Yeah, so the reason why I ask is I wanted to find out why uh, you decided to sit out this one. Um, so originally, I um, actually hurt my uh, groin or hip flexor, whatever you want to call it, at Nationals, uh, the very first game of uh, Open 8.5, and I played through um, the rest of the tournament with uh, pretty much a pulled groin and really did a lot of damage to it. So uh, I've actually taken uh, the last uh, three or four months off trying to uh, slowly work back into it. Gotcha. That's smart. And then obviously, I mean, uh, with the, is it, is it an app or is it software? What exactly did you bust out with that I think I saw for the second time uh, to maintain scores and scheduling? Like you want to talk about a little bit? Sure. I mean, the platform I use is <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's it's Excel, but I, I wrote the uh, VBA script to run through um, basically run the tournament from start to finish based on, uh, you know, from the inception of it to um, all the way to finishing up the brackets. And so uh, it's it's been about a year and a half I've been working on it. And finally, I think uh, this is the third, third tournament I've used it. Um, and so we haven't really had any hiccups with it. So I'm pretty confident it's ready to kind of go into uh, – go into uh be available to the public here soon that's awesome and we're, we're kind of talking about a little bit before we hit record and um i do want to dive into a little bit more so again i'll probably revisit that in a second because I, I definitely want you to get into this, like stats and some of the really awesome features about this thing what, what do you yeah. call it does it does it have a name or is it just like a scheduler or it doesn't it doesn't have a name right now it just says um Dodgeball tournament template is is the title of of every beginning. Oh, okay. Well, very I haven't cool. really thought of uh, anything clever to call it yet, but I am definitely leaning towards something that involves Hotchkiss of some sort. <laughs> Not big sexy or anything. I was gonna say, call it no, big sexy. It's got to be. <laughs> big sexy is uh, is this my Sin City alter ego? I uh, the Sin City <laughs> tournament where it originated from. So. Um, but uh, Hotchkiss is my everyday dodgeball name, so. Hotchkiss, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's got to have your own personal touch to it. It's, it's going to be a, a legacy, I'm sure, that you leave for for everybody. Yeah. But um, so let's uh, let's take a step back, Joe. And um, I, I also wanted to ask, like, just how did it go from from your perspective? Um, a from just kind of being on the outside, uh, running the logistics of the tournament. Like, what were your high level thoughts there? Sure. Um, so we started, I think we probably started about uh, three or four minutes behind schedule. So I think our very first match I had timed at um, at 9.34. We were supposed to start at 9.30. Um, but I think uh, through the the way we did our schedule, um, if um, I highlighted everything for all of our teams. Um, each one of the courts had uh, score sheets that let every team know where they needed to go. So I think what the logistics between each of the rounds or the time frame between each of the rounds went a lot quicker than, than maybe some of the other tournaments. Um, so we were able to get through all 13 rounds uh, that we had planned on uh, for both divisions. Um, so nothing got cut short, which I thought was, uh, was going to be really, really tight. But we ended up at the end of the day um, not excluding anything from what was um, on the original schedule. I thought that was uh, that's always a positive when you can start and finish um, your tournament uh, on time and not cut anything from from the players. And that was probably the, the thing that I was concentrating on 
for most of the day was, you know, in between divisions, um, you know, I set up the, uh, the foam WDBF courts. And so the transition between uh, divisions was, was really smooth. Um, you know, there was really no time lag in between each of the divisions or when brackets needed to be set. Um, and for the most part, the players, um, you know, they, they knew where they had to be and they know what they had to do. Um, and I thought overall it was a great tournament, except for maybe the, you know, the walls that were sweating. Right. You can't help that though. Like something that can't really be helped. Yep. Um, but we did our best, you know, we made some announcements to, um, help, uh, you know, alleviate some of the water on the court by, you know, where players not getting on, on the, um, on the wet, uh, ground and, and whatnot, but there's only so much you can do with that. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, weather is not something you can control. And but um, yeah, I have to agree. I mean, I didn't go to the first one last year, but this felt like any other great, uh, well-branded, put-together tournament. So, um, how about you, Bill? What were your thoughts? This is one of the most exhausted I've been after a tournament in a long time. <laughs> there's a lot of dodgeball. Um, single elimination is is tough. Like just in terms of if, if you go far. Uh, you, you've played a lot of dodgeball to get there. Like, especially when you go to game seven, uh, you have to be ready for that next match pretty soon. Like, you know, you're the one holding it up. And so you're, you're going back to back to back. That was, that was intense. Uh, but fortune took, took fourth and no sting. I, I was super happy with that, especially nice. uh, after losing Lou, like we all stepped up and uh, we, we did our thing. I was, it was a big day for us. I think we, we left it all on the court for no sting and we, we definitely felt the exhaustion going into to foam and also just seeing just how good everyone is at, at seven inch foam. I think it lit a fire under us to, to really practice for it again. Uh, we had some practice for it uh, before the combine last year for Lou. Um, and now there's going to be another big push in Seattle to get that seven inch ball into more regular rotations. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm sure that's is that what you wanted to have as an outcome, Tyler? Is just to to bring more foam-based tournaments to to the masses, or I think it... yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. I mean, that's the, that's kind of the 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 catch on this is, you know, everyone loves. I mean, majority of people in the country now have adopted and love no sting, and you know, part of my requirement for registering for this tournament is you have no choice; you have to play both divisions. You have to pay for both divisions, otherwise you're not you're not playing in the tournament. So it's I think that's a great way moving forward of you know getting people getting their feet wet, you know necessarily because with with foam, um, especially you know I talked to Colin Dowling and uh, Abdul or Saeed Abdul in the East who run a lot of tournaments and they say foam is is just not it's not in demand. People don't really like it. In, in the east at least right now and I'm like this is a this is a perfect opportunity if I were to throw a tournament there in the east you know do it you know whatever open or men's no sting and then men's foam and it just starts to get people interested in it liking it and you know, that's how you grow balls you know ball styles so. <laughs> I was like <laughs> okay um, yeah, I mean, I my opinion of foam is is gradually shifting towards a more favorable one, just because I have no choice. That's the future of dodgeball, and I can 
argue that and tell them blue in the face, but the fact of the matter is that's what, you know, Team USA plays. And um, for me personally, I've never experienced, um, I guess, uh, USA re- uh, regulated dodgeball. Like, uh, the the courts are massive. Um, yeah, they are, they're too big. <laughs> they're too big. I mean, they're truthfully too big, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think you can change it. And truthfully, I like the size of the 30 by 60. Uh, you know, I, I agree with Eric Stone and other players who's who sit there and say it's it's definitely more strategic having the longer court yeah it adds more strategy when you have a shorter court for foam it definitely becomes more of a shootout um so to speak so i definitely agree with that that take on it but at the same time why it's so difficult and why it's so annoying especially for tournament organizers is we have to find you know gyms that can hold 30 by 60 courts which is a volleyball size and you know, it's just hard to sit there and put three courts of a thirty by. You can't do it. You can't do a thirty by sixty court. Three courts of a thirty by sixty on a basketball court, unless it's like a, you know, it has way extra room. So it really limits your venue choice, and uh, it's quite tough. So yeah, it was uh, it was interesting, and I wanted to ask uh, Bill. Um, what was it like adapting to foam for you, for you guys, for your team? Like you, I think you mentioned you don't normally play foam too much. So what was that like? Yes. We had a, uh, a seven inch foam tournament like a week before, uh, this one. So we, we at least got our, our feet wet with, with playing it. Um, and I, I think for the most part, we, we have a lot of players, like we play with eight and a quarter foam. Um, so we know how to, how to curb it and how to get power on that. But, um, I don't think we really had a lot of, power shots with the seven inch foam. Um, and also like, I don't think we really able to hit our solo throws. It's like it's just a matter of practice for those. Um, but our curves were, were good. I think a lot of us were able to hit those targets pretty well. Um, but it's, it's, it, it was humbling for, for sure. Just to see like just how much practice a lot of these teams had with, with foam. Um, I look forward to coming back and, and not being uh, what was it, the 12th seed in foam. Oh, so yeah. oh, whoops. <laughs> Being in the, at least the single digits next time. Let's see. What'd you guys seed? 12 out of 13. Okay. I'm looking at the <clears throat> the seeding right now. And, uh, oh, yeah, go grit. We, we took eight. So, yeah, for us. Um, at least we did win our first round of singles. That was, that was a tough match. And it was recoil. Yeah, recoil. Um, I mean, they're most of those Phoenix guys played nothing but foam, so it was it was good seeing them give people a run for their money. Because um, I think there's a lot of new faces that haven't even played elite yet. Um, definitely want to delve into the team. So before we do that, um, Tyler, was there any other? Was the foam format where it was like thirty? What was it twenty? It was two twelve-minute halves. Is that how it went down? For elimination, yeah. For elimination, it was two twelve-minute halves. Uh, so 24 minute matches total, and then in round robin it was 10, uh, just a t- 10 minute match. Gotcha. And yeah. Then, I... Of course, at the end of each half, as well as at the end of round robin, there was uh, you finished the game with no blocking. You know, so it's always fun to watch. Was that yeah. uh, was that the same format you used last year? Same? No, it was actually not. No, I <laughs> I actually adopt fully adopted WDBF rules and everything this tournament last year. I basically used elite rules with the WDBF sized court. So, um, 
it definitely made way more sense to do WDBF rules this time around as well as format and you know minutes timed all that stuff um definitely made it way better um so yeah i mean i like that a lot better and then again for the no sting we adopted the new elite rules um specifically in the format where we went to single elimination best out of seven and that was awesome i loved i loved best out of seven um so i don't know how other teams liked it but I just thought it was great. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to see like what the reaction is because um, at first I was I thought single elimination was like the the one sin of dodgeball that you do not commit. Um, <laughs> but then playing it, it was it was actually really cool. Like we um, like that's a lot of dodgeball and a lot of chances to to turn the tide of the game and, and not just you know have a, a two and out streak um, where you you know just have a, a bad run, but then you can make up for that with the the fact that you're playing four games. Um, what were your thoughts on the uh, single elimination, uh, Joe? Um, I think it definitely tested <clears throat> some people's endurance because you are required to play a minimum of four right in a row where most of us are used to a best of three. Um, so it definitely took some, it, it definitely tested some people and I think it maybe even hurt a few teams that are not used to best of seven. Because uh, I definitely saw some teams and some players winded by game five and six, um, so a little different. Uh, there's a little di different uh, strategy, or at least thought process, going into it, um, where you don't want to burn all your energy those first three games because there yeah. are seven people. So I, I definitely saw some regression on some of the players um, that weren't used to playing best of seven. Yeah, I feel like. Uh... Yeah, I also I'd also say seeding mattered so much. I mean, you know, my team Heat, we had the number one seed, and we basically, you know, didn't have to play Thieves and Crisis, who I think both were, uh, you know, high seeds. Crisis, I think, was the two seed. But, um, you know, because of that, we'd have to play Crisis, we didn't have to play uh, Thieves, and we didn't have to play Rise because they were on this other side of the bracket. And I know that Thieves and Rise went to a game seven. Uh, you know, and then we ended up going in the championship match against these. We ended up going to a game seven too. So who knows? Maybe that had a factor in, in them not winning. But who knows? I'm really curious how that's going to look uh, moving into the elite seasons or the elite rounds because uh, you always got that. Oh, maybe Doom or Rise or Titan got knocked into the losers bracket, but you know they're going to clean it up and, and you'll see them again. Whereas obviously single elimination, they're done. You're not going to face them if uh if a team took them out so i'm really curious how that's going to play out for uh for these teams here um how about you bill what were your thoughts on uh single elimination yeah i i want to pair up what tyler said that um it, it means a lot more in the round robin now where that seed is so important um i think in the bracket you can even see um you don't want close matchups in that bracket um the the higher disparity you have going into each consecutive round you know, the once he gets the eight and the four, everything goes as planned. Um, you know, you're more likely to to four-o those teams and have less matches, and you have more in the tank going into those later and later rounds. It's such an advantage. Whereas, uh, I believe uh, Thieves and Rise went to seven, and us and uh, Fortune and Doom went to seven. Um, and those those killed us. That, that was exhausting. 
Um, so it, it's really going to put a lot more pressure on round robin. Um, at the same time, I think it it lets smarter teams adjust. So it's not just about like who can get off the start and get that that lucky triple out on the on the first thing. You know, it it takes away less uh, uh, big explosive moments that you can't really plan for. Um, and how much value those have, you have to be consistent. Like you have to be making those plays. You can't get away with, um, you know, these, these amazing moments and, and rely on them. Uh, I mean, you really can't rely on them in general, but they're worth even less now. Like you have to be the better team. Uh, so the teams that have the better endurance, the ability to uh, adapt and, you know, the, the strength and the making their shots, uh, it's, it's just going to pay off that much more now. Yeah, there was there was one. Uh, well, in the Fortune Doom game, I remember I was watching just the beginning. We ended up having to play, so I didn't get to watch the whole thing. But uh, like I think it was the very first game. Uh, Anthony Collins, who's on Fortune, solid player. He ended up. It was basically a two on five or a one on five, but he ended up taking all of Doom out, uh, wow. and at the very end, catching Justin Pine like this net catch. It was just it was sick, but. After, right after that game, it was the first game, and Derek Johnson of Boosh, he was playing with us, he turned to me, he's like, and that's why best out of seven is so much better because a game like that, you know, like, you know, we didn't know who was going to win, Fortune or Doom, and Fortune was looking really good, but, you know, obviously, the you know, the reputation says Doom's going to win. And, we, you know, he sat there and was like, yeah, like, that's why it's better to have that best out of seven because a fluke game potentially you know, can't, doesn't hurt you as much. And obviously fortune was for legit, you know, and for real. And so <laughs> they ended up being doom anyways. But um, I think that's the, the, the peace of mind. I think that a lot of teams will realize this next season is, you know, best of seven, you can have a fluke game in elimination, you know, crazy, something happens, stupid ricochets. I mean, we had that against thieves where we literally had, I think one game where we had, they had, Four, three deflection catches. Uh, you know, so we hit our guy, hit our target, but it, un, you know, unluckily popped up and one of the members on their team caught it. And, you know, it's just nice that, hey, you know, unlucky plays aren't necessarily rewarded um, as much anymore. I mean, they still are. You still win the game, but, um, you know, it's just, I don't know, peace of mind for me. So. Yeah, there's just time to recover and, and regroup and, and, and fight it through still. I think it also just gives that much more value. Like when you do come out of there being the lower seed, beating the higher seeded team, uh, people aren't going to say, Oh, it was a fluke. Like you beat them four times out of seven. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's going to give a lot more respect to the teams that aren't, you know, constantly in those top three positions. Or, uh, it, it's going to give them some more respect for, for what they accomplish. Yeah. And that, yeah, fortune I thought was one of my big surprises. I, I love the way you guys played this entire you know, especially no sting. You, you were a tough out. I think you. I don't, I don't, we didn't play each other in round robin, but you know, we played each other in the semifinals. We beat you four to two, but um, I knew after you'd beaten Doom, I was like, dude, they're they've been looking good all day, and uh, they're legit. And I'm like, and they're doing it without Lukas, you know. So it's like, hey, you know, Lukas is great, but so are the other players, unfortunately, too. So. That's also it's always really cool if you like you lose um, you know impact player like Lucas, but your team doesn't really suffer for it. it just shows um, people are stepping up and you're able to to kind of cover for that and and still um, be a threat. 
Um, let's actually let's kind of dive into the the bracket a little bit and just the overall uh, teams for no sting. Um, and we'll start with you, Joe. Were, were there any teams that that stood out in your mind um, that you were able to watch, or were you just kind of focused on Arsenal, or what was your take? I'm sorry. What was the question? What uh, what team stood out to you for uh, no sting? For no sting, okay. <clears throat> Let me take a look. So there were there were a few teams actually. Um, So Fortune, uh, at the number four seed for No Sting, was uh, a big surprise. One, because of Lucas. I think we already we talked about that. But, you know, they actually, um, a couple of their losses, so they went five and three in matches, uh, 12 and nine um, in individual games for, for No Sting round robin. And I think one of their losses was to Roybots, one of their hometown uh, teams. Um, but... You know they they lost the number ten and eleven seed. So you know sweeping some of that up, they're right up there with with Crisis and Rise in the number two and number three seed. If they cleaned up some of those those matches, so to me that was a surprise because they did beat a lot of the the better teams that I thought were there for for no sting. So that was that was one surprise. <clears throat> um, another surprise I think from on the opposite end was was Doom. Um, you know, I thought, uh, wasn't sure what to expect since they kind of uh, uh, disbanded. But, um, you know, they went five and three. Um, and I didn't, they didn't really look like the powerful Doom team from the past. So I don't really know what, what happened there. Um, and then Thieves. Uh, wasn't really sure what to expect out of them. Um, well, I knew that they would do good in no sting, um, but they fared, you know, right around the 50 50 um, at, at five and three and the lower end of the five and three um, scores. Um, they went 12 and seven in the games. Uh, they ended up in the sixth seed, so right in the middle of the pack. I thought maybe that they would do a little bit better than, than how they showed uh, in no sting. Yeah, um, to, their, to their credit, though, they didn't have um, Daniel Ariano. I think that's how you say his name. Last name, anyways. Uh, oh. Yeah, he he was out. I mean, he he played a little bit, but he didn't play at all during elimination. And he was, you know, obviously last year in UDC was the main reason why they won the whole championship for UDC. So um, thieves again is thieves for a lot of people that don't know is to the rebranded re basically because uh, they yeah. lost a couple of players or you know decided. To go in a different way on personnel. So, um, However, they did bounce back in in the bracket. Um, yeah. Probably the most surprising matchup um, in the bracket was Crisis versus Thieves, and Thieves uh, won four zero. They they swept them in the best of seven. Yeah, that was crazy. I want to see that match too because I know I didn't get a chance to see it. When I wrote down the score, I said, "Are you sure it was four <laughs> zero Thieves?" <laughs> Uh, Are you was, sure? Honestly, was exactly what I what I told the ref. I asked the ref. I said, "Was it was it four zero? And I wasn't trying to discredit the thieves, but you know, I think there was much anticipation that that crisis was going to do well uh, for the no sting division. So um, that was a big surprise. And I think it went four zero there, and then they uh, 
they ran up against the um, they ran up against Heat and took them to Game Seven, and that was uh, that was a pretty intense uh, a match. Yeah, especially Game Seven. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh. So obviously I ref that one, and that was pretty intense. The ref as well, and it looked like it could have gone to either team at any point. Um, I don't know if you guys remember. It was kind of like an anticlimactic ending, though. When um, uh, I'm not sure what his name is. Is it um, Trevian McCain Oop. for for thieves? Uh, Trevian, I think. Trevian McCain. Yeah, where he ended up like doing that handstand because he he went over the line. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was like the end of it, right? Yeah, that was like the final out, and it was like, oh man, what a what a sad way to go out. <laughs> Cause I, I thought he was getting some momentum, and I thought it was going to be a, a bit more of a battle, but um, yeah, it was. It looked like either of those teams could have taken it, and um, I wasn't I wasn't surprised that he took first, but at the same time, kind of echoing what Joe was saying, I was expecting Crisis to take first. Um, just because of the the lineup, um, all the hype, and um, yeah, it looks like that didn't happen. What was it like playing against them, uh, Bill, uh, for your uh, third place match? Crisis is a team that's like a carrot on a stick, except the carrot's gigantic and the stick is also gigantic, but it's invisible. And you don't realize the stick is there until you get hit with it really hard. Um, and so for the teams that like realize just how, like what, crisis is doing like mm. fall into their trap so easy they are aggressive with with billy and, and catch them just doing what they're doing um brody tad ryan like everyone on that team is, is like they can be aggressive and they're going to hit their shots but if you slow the game down uh that's where we found success and so if, if you're if you keep running for that carrot you're going to get hit um but if you play your game um i feel like that's where your advantage is like don't let them play their game um, it, when we when we weren't playing their game, I feel like they were making mistakes. Uh, a lot of like long, long throws that were end up just like being caught, or it end up like they'd get hit and they'd lose so much momentum by the time they hit us, they'd be an easy pop up catch. Um, but beside that, they look they look dominant. Like when they were at that front line, just powering through you, uh, they look unstoppable. <laughs> um, Thieves, we only played in in round robin, and unfortunately, I didn't get to see much of them. Uh, between the the best of seven with with doom and then having to play heat afterward um i think we got some (laughs) some uh best of three luck in in those situations where you start off with a double out uh that like hits forget who was hit hit someone in the middle and then bounced off and hit xander um and then we xander seemed to be the one that was like in like the end of the game a lot and, and kind of pulling some stuff out at least when i saw them um so we had some luck there uh, I, when I asked Fortune, like what what stood out to people, um, uh, I think the, it was that you know Heat was throwing Heat, um, especially that that right side. Like, whew, it, you guys are tough to deal with. Um, didn't get to play Arsenal. Uh, overall, though, like this this tournament had depth. Like, no team was was really like a walkover. Uh, every team had the potential to beat you if you if you weren't playing your game. Like you, you had to step up. You had to do your thing, um, and best of seven punishes you if you get it, if you get cocky or, or whatnot. You, know, you have to play that game. Yeah, it was. Um, it, uh, that was a good point. Like when I when I played uh, with Grid, it was like, man, there is no team that we can just kind of steamroll. Like every 
every match and round robin and obviously elimination was was a battle and um i just felt like that's probably just what you can expect with uh with tournaments like these now um wanted to i don't know if this is gonna stir the pot but i heard this a lot um just just kind of like side conversations and whatnot and i want to see what you guys thought about it but going back to crisis um a lot of people were saying that they don't have a captain right now and that's part of why they weren't performing as great as they should have been, at least in no sting. Um, Bill, Joe, Tyler, did you guys hear any musings like that or any any kind of sidebar conversations regarding that? The question whole... that the they're questioning that they don't have a captain. <clears throat> Something like that. Like there is no like leadership role. Like they're just a bunch of guns, so just going just crazy. To, so uh, Justin Pines on on Crisis on a regular team, but he did he played with Doom. And I think he's really the the guy on that team that that holds that team together, along with uh, Brett Baxter. Just Brett Baxter wasn't there um, this weekend as well. So both of those guys really bring a calmness to the team. And I know Justin is uh, is, a tr- is really brings the leadership to um, is more the captain on the, on that team to settle everyone and really kind of control the court and be more of a floor general. Yeah, they just seem like. I don't want to say out of control, but they just seem very like undisciplined at times watching them. Um, but obviously they fixed that during foam. Um, I want to ask if there are any other teams or, or players that, that really stood out. I want to say like I think Rise kind of got a, a bit of a bad streak with uh, with losing Allen early. Um, I don't know if you guys saw like his, his injury. I guess he like fell or something or something that yeah, rendered him pretty much immobile. He hurt his back, I think probably by the... I think the second match that they played um, in No Sting, and so they played down for a little bit, but they ended up picking up uh, Andy Marquin was there, and so he played. Yeah. He played for them uh, and filled in for Allen's position. Yeah, that's because Havoc. What Havoc decided not to come to this, so Andy didn't have a team. Gotcha. And was there any? But fuss? yeah, I think right. I was just gonna say to add on to that kind of. I think teams. Well, if they haven't realized it already, I think it's kind of important that you start getting a seventh <laughs> you yeah. just need a seventh person on a team for there's a lot more injuries that are happening we're getting older and the other thing is you know it's along with no sting and foam these are kind of more of the younger the younger guys's games i mean you can see last year to the got second and now thieves got second i mean they're one of the youngest teams in all of dodgeball um and he's he the team I'm on. I mean, at my age, I bring them down a little bit, but they're a young team too. And uh, I just think, especially with these smaller, new type balls. I mean, these balls have kind of just appeared, at least competitively, in tournaments in the last you know three or three or two two to three years, maybe. So you just kind of see that the young guns are kind of uh, making their mark in this game now, as opposed to the older players. And you know, Rise is unfortunately is part of that. Even though they still dominate in eight point five, it's definitely a different game uh, when you when you turn to no sting and foam. So yeah, it's funny because I was actually going to make a comment about how um, it's pretty smart to have a seventh person on the roster because of old age. I wasn't going to phrase it just like that, but um, yeah, okay. just it's you can see what what having an injury does to to a team, especially if it's somebody like yeah. Allen who's very. Uh, impactful yeah. for for rise and um, and a team and a team that only has six players. I mean that just kills you. Yep. You can't. You know, just kills you. So. 
I mean, I, uh, I think to counter that, Fortune, like we lost Lou, but um, I don't know. I, I think as a when you have seven, uh, there's there's just so much like mixing up, and there's some loss of expectation about what's going to go on to your to your right. Whereas if you always have those same people in, like you, you kind of know what's going to happen. Um, you get that consistency. Um, I don't know. I, I personally don't like playing with subs. I know. I neither do I. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I get it though. At the same time, like you know, if something does happen, it, it's terrible. Um, but I think at the same time, that kind of reflects like ha relying on one big gun on a team like isn't going to work. Uh, whereas having that depth um, is, is what's really important, especially now that you have best of seven, right? Like you're, you're going to rely on that depth more and more, especially like if you're relying on your one big gun to, to do all the work in seven games in one series, uh, you're going to wear them out and they're not going to be there for that next match. Like you have to have that depth. It's asking that's, a yeah, lot. That's a great point to tag onto that. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, no more, you know, no, it's no more evident than looking at Heat, you know, especially in that championship game. You know, Sean Wheeler put on a, a show, really, in that game seven. It kind of sucks that he got caught at the very end. But he had, like, four kills in game seven. But in prior games, you know, uh, I had a couple really solid games. Uh, Cody Stidham had a solid, you know, solid game. Randy even had some good plays. So, you're right, Bill. I mean, it's totally – you need depth – and you need every player needs to be able to step up. Every player needs to be able, you know, on your team needs to be able to to be a force to be reckoned with. Otherwise, you know, you're not really going to see yourself in the championship match. So, speaking of that, um, and it's not just because you're here, but just because I watched it. But watching Heat, I mean, you definitely got you guys definitely had depth, and it looked like any one of you guys was the main offensive threat. Um, there are times where I saw you, Tyler, hit some beating somebody. I'm like, oh wow, that wasn't expecting that guy to throw because I've been watching Sean do it most of the time so you guys had a lot of variety and um, one thing I wanted to ask so is uh, obviously you guys didn't have Dylan um, because of his injury was he um, you, was he like was he like a coach for you guys then or, or what role did he play for you guys yeah I mean he was he was a coach he was taking stats for us too um, but yeah he was he was just coaching um, it was good I mean a lot sometimes you know, he would come in after a game. He'd be like, "All right, guys, let's get back to our our style of play." You know, because we'd gotten out of the game plan. Um, other times, you know, he, you know, even sometimes there was one time where I had made a dumb play, um, and I, you know, I had like a two on four or something, and I ended up like trading. And it's like that's not the right play, you know. And so he came up to me and was like, "Dude, Tyler, you can't be trading on a two on four. Um, so you know, just stuff like that. It's always. You know, you need people like that. Sean Wheeler, uh, I love playing with him because he's just really analytical. And, uh, you know, he's going to – he has – he brings up great evidence to tell you, you know, what you're doing right and what you need to be doing better. So, um, nice. yeah, I'm just really excited to be playing with Heat, but that's just me. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I wonder if uh, Dylan has a future in, in coaching, even though he's probably still got like 20 years of dodgeball left. He's, I don't know about that. Yeah, he's still chat. Let's let's he keeps breaking himself. But um, let's uh, let's move to foam real quick. Um, and and I still wanted to kind of stay on Dylan because somebody made the comment where uh, when Dylan didn't play, you guys took first. But when he started playing, you guys took second. <laughs> Do you remember who made that comment, or did you see that bunny chance? Yeah, that was huge. Huge <laughs> oh, made that comment. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Do you think uh, that's why you guys didn't take first, or uh, it was just different? Uh, Dynamics well, or yeah, I mean, I think it's a number of things. I mean, one, 
you know, I had, a, I had a, I basically had a hole in my finger uh, about 10 days ago and it still has a, a hole in my finger. And so um, luckily it kind of closed up enough where I could tape it up and play. Um, and so that's why we ended up adding Derek. We ended up adding Derek Johnson 10 days ago, nine days ago, you know, so last second. And then my finger got better. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, if Dylan's going to play foam, because he's like, I'm still playing even with the cast on. <laughs> and I was like, well, if he's going to play foam, then I'll play no sting. And so uh, it was already predetermined, but you know, I could have played foam. Uh, I, I love playing foam. I feel like I have a pretty solid foam game. And then, you know, if Dylan had been able to catch, you know, who knows what we could have done. I mean, obviously we got second, but I definitely think um, it might've been a different out outcome had we had, you know, me healthy and Dylan healthy. So no excuses. Uh, definitely uh, crisis definitely earned it, but um, you know, uh, that's kind of how it went. So for sure. Um, Joe, going to, to you and what you noticed on foam, how about any teams that stood out or what can you tell us from your perspective? Well, um, let's see. Big surprise. Well, I guess it's not really a big surprise, but there is a big difference between no sting and, and, uh, and foam with, uh, doom actually went undefeated. They had, they had one tie in round Robin. So they went seven Oh and one, um, compared to, uh, in no sting, um, you know, kind of finishing in the middle of the pack so that was uh, uh i guess uh a surprise but not really a surprise when you have three or four players on on doom who made the world's uh, usa team so i guess that's really no surprise but um you know in their uh in the brackets um let's see where did they finish up in bracket well they they lost to us they lost to heat uh in that's the semifinals in the semifinals, okay. Yeah. So they played. Uh, they played Gridlock. I know they played. Uh, they played Grit and won uh, six two. And then they played uh, Heat, and that's where they lost to uh, to Heat four three. And then they lost again in, I guess, the third place match uh, against Rise uh, five three. So, Kevin went on a downhill slope. I don't know if they just lost their focus. I don't um, think they really cared about the third place match, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. They're like, whatever. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm not trying to make excuses for them. I'm just, I know for a fact. So, right. The, uh, that third place match was interesting. The, the very end of it, I think they were tied uh, with Rise, right? It was Rise Doom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They were tied going into like the final seconds, and it was just Pine left on the court. And Pine threw like a bob throw, like just laid it up in the air uh, for, I forget who it was that caught it, but he intentionally like threw a catch to force another game to potentially tie that match, like uh -huh. the very last second. Um, and so it, it worked and he, Pion was thanking them, like, thank you for making that catch. Thank you for giving us this chance. <laughs> Cause they were up like five players to one. Like, I just don't know why you don't just step out though. But that, that, that's part of the, uh, the strategy for sure in foam where, you know, if you're down by, you know, if you're down in number, if it's tied game and you know, there's only like a minute left, you know, or, or even less than that, it, you might be smart to step out, step out of bounds and, you know, get another game going. So that way you can at least tie it and go to a four minute overtime or something like that. So that's probably what he was thinking too. Yeah, that's definitely uh, some of the strategy that we were trying to implement. It's like, if we're, if we're down for the last person, instead of drawing the game out, if there's time to, to start a new one, then just go out trying to get the catch and, and, and hurry up and get that next game to start. So 
definitely added a new element to uh, to strategizing for for teams. Um, looking at your team, Bill. So you guys beat Recoil four to one, and then uh, what was it like facing off against Heat? From what you can recall. Oh my God, Heat Heat was amazing. Like they were so difficult to play against. Um, and just to add to it, just going back one, like playing against Recall uh, Recoil, um, it, it kind of showed. We went, I think, two or like one one or two two or something like that in that that first match. But then getting that net behind us in the second half was made such a difference. We're like, I don't know, the ball was like right there all of a sudden. I don't know, that, that net saved the day. Having that net side was awesome. Um, but then playing against Heat, like, it, I think that's where like I saw just how big the disparity was, where like they can make those shots with power behind them. That, it was impressive. Um, like I was saying earlier, like I, I think we have like some, some curve throws and, and some of our players can throw the Heat, but. Uh, you know, we weren't able to hit our solos as, as well. Uh, they were able to make their shots. Isidro is, is crazy. Uh, I don't know how he does what he does. I thought I baited him three times, and I still couldn't catch it. Like, I had my hands on it, but it just moved completely somewhere else. Um, so laughing. don't bait Isidro is the lesson I learned that day. Uh, it does not work. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's nuts. It, I think we, uh, if you watch the replay, we uh, streamed it on Dodgeball Seattle. You can hear me yell, uh, you know, we got one, let's try to get two going into like the final game. Like we went into it just saying like, let's learn something. Like let's let's try things, let's learn things. Uh, let's see what works. Um, you know, Lou gave us some, some strategy talk beforehand um, about like what to do. Um, but that was, it was a learning experience to say the least. It was, it was eye-opening. That's a good way to, to put it, because you know when you're down, you know four four to one, three to one, and you know that that next game is gonna be completely inconsequential because there's there's just physically no way you can come back. To at least like turn that into an opportunity and still give it your all is um, pretty good outlook. Um, I was wondering how that was gonna work um, with with these time matches, and then I think I even remembered uh, basically not cutting your guys' match short with recoil, but not going into that final game because at that point it was just like physically impossible to even finish, and I think. Recoiled, just they were done at that point. Um, like they didn't really want a lesson at that point. They just want to move on. But um, it's at least a good takeaway for for any teams that are moving forward and playing in this format. Is okay. You may be down. You may be out. But take something home with you and uh, get get your money's worth, so to speak. Yeah, <clears throat> right. Because the money, you know, may not have been on the line this time, but you know, it's going to be the next time, possibly. You know, as long as you keep practicing this ball and getting better and getting better. I'll take every chance I get. If I'm down 6-0 to, you know, crisis and in, in foam or heat, uh, I'll take that learning opportunity every day and see what works. That's nice. I, I don't get to train with them every week. I don't live in L.A. So sales, I'll take every moment I can. That's awesome. Um, so, Joe, let's let's talk about your your platform, uh, the Hotchkiss, because um, I think you're pulling some stats from that too, right? Like this is more than just a, a scheduler? Yeah, I, I am. I was uh, so as we were, as I was talking about like uh, Doom schedule and, and, and how they went through. I'm looking at um, looking at a screen here that shows. Um, I can double click on any one of the team names and it will pop up their their schedule. It shows um, you know what their what their outcome was of each one of the matches, 
And then what I like about it is it also shows the opponent's results too, their overall results. So let's take a look at, um, I'm looking at Heat right now. And their very first uh, foam match was against Rise, and they beat them um, one to two. Oh, no, they lost. Lost, yeah. To Rise, one to two. Um, but also lets me know that Rise went overall six and two, and they went six and 16 and seven in games. So as you're looking at some of these, um, at some of the schedules, you can see, well, how, how well did they fare against some of the better teams? You know, because when you play, when there's a 13 team schedule and you don't play everyone in round robin, um, you know, you could have strength of schedule. So you could see that maybe a team that went five and two, but maybe they played, you know, seven of, um, you know, the, the lowest seeds um, in the in the bracket. So you get, it, it gives you a good chance to look at um, what did they really do? What's really behind that five and two record? You know, uh, who did they really play and and, um, you know, did they win big against them or, or, or did they barely squeak by? So uh, that's what I'm looking at here. And it shows the game percentages, uh, their win percentages, not only for the games, but for matches. So let, I'll use an example of Heat. Uh, Heat went match-wise 5-2-1 and one with a 71% win percentage uh, in matches. And then for games, they went 18-8 and eight at a 69% win rate. Um, and... They played. Uh, they played a couple of the top teams. They played Rise as six and two, um, and then it looks like the rest of their schedule. Uh, they played a bunch of teams that were either five hundred or below five hundred, going into uh, the foam or for the foam round robin. So they might have had a lighter schedule in foam and a stronger schedule in uh, in no stings. So let me take a look at no stings. And I'm not trying to bash on on Heat. I'm just using them as an example because, well, yeah. Tyler's we the right story. You're, you're right. We definitely had a stronger strength of schedule in No Sting than we did in the film. Yeah, and you guys actually did better in, in No Sting. It, uh, you ended up going 7-1 and one with an 87% win percentage at 14-5 uh, and five in games at 73%. Um, but you you also played uh, Crisis at 6-2, and two, uh, Thieves at 5-3. and three. Um, and a couple yeah. other teams here, um, you know, that, uh, yeah, Crisis, Doom, and Thieves all were above 500 um, going in. So, you know, you had a, a stronger schedule in, in no sting, but um, whatnot. So it's just some of the, the stats that come up, and you can take a look at, you know, what, what what's really behind maybe someone's record or, you know, how did they fare um, in that as well. And then also what I like to do, and this is really helps with the seating, and that's why our bracket was up so quick, was as you're entering in all of these scores from, from round robin, uh, there's a table in the background that's always um, calculating uh, the seating. And if there is, for some instance, there is a tie, um, you know, you have the ability here to um, click in these uh, windows, like I can click on fortune versus heat. And it gives me the on-demand, um, you know, what, uh, how did they play and what was the final score to determine who got the higher seed. So That's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of bells and whistles in here that kind of allow you just to really run the tournament a little bit smoother, but also give you um, a lot of the stats and um, on-demand stats that, um, you know, you may want to look at a little bit later on. 
One one thing to know before we move on from that is the seating. Um, we changed it up. I don't know if Elite will follow suit or anything like that, but we definitely, you know, I want to make sure that obviously match, you know, uh, your match record was the first indicator of, you know, the highest seed. Uh, yeah. And something that Elite has done previously. I don't know if that's what they'll do moving forward. They might. Joe might have more information on that, but. Um, yes, yeah, so, so for this tournament, we used um, uh, match record. So it was best match record. Uh, the second level, we used head-to-head. -head. Uh, third level was game win percentage. And then the fourth level, we used, um, we actually used a point system, but it, it really didn't take into play for this. But really, it was just uh, uh, a hustle. If, you know, if I had to ask you to go ref your court or get to your court, I just marked down uh, some tallies to see who had the most tallies and whoever had the least amount uh, whoever we are comparing got the higher seed, but that really didn't that didn't take into effect in either of the divisions. Um, it only got down to the third level. But um, honestly, I think that's probably the best way to do the seeding. But that's just my personal choice. I think you know the highest, uh, the best match, play um, record, and then head to head, and then game percentage is probably one of the best better ways to go for a single elim, especially when seeding is so important. I think that only rewards the teams who do well in, in round robin. I agree with that as long as every team, like in this case, you said like we got to complete the schedule. Uh, and I, I think that holds true as long as every team has the same number of uh, matches. Yeah. I know in elite no sting division, there was actually quite a disparity. And so uh, we had, uh, I think we, were, we had lost one match and won like seven or something like that. And so in elite no sting, we actually were seated pretty low because of that match disparity. Whereas if we had more matches, it, it would have been more representative of our seed. So as yeah. long as that match number is consistent, I, I think I'm fine with, with match record. But if it's yeah, not- Yeah, I, I think that has to do a lot with um, the way the schedule is built out. We had, um, I actually had a hard stop in there at round 10 and round 13, which is we played, ended up playing all 13 rounds. But if you do the schedule correctly, um, you can, you can define and get make sure that everyone has the same number of matches. And then in this case, it was everyone had eight matches in both divisions. Awesome. We to get through. But, it, you know, it's just a matter of, of the scheduling and making sure that uh, you only play the games that you know you can get through. Um, so <clears throat> in this case, it worked out. But I, I understand what you're saying because I know in Elite, you look at some of the, <laughs> you look at some of the, the way the schedule was done or the way the, the games were played and counted up. Some teams had, you know, 13 matches and some teams had 14 matches and they were all counted and that doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Like just, just going back uh, to all the, all the stats that are available. So are we, will we be able to see what you see uh, Joe for after these tournaments? Like we can delve into this platform and, and just kind of nerd out on the numbers or yeah so so here's here's the here's the pitch like you know and i i kind of mentioned it to bill uh before the tournament started but really what i want to do is i think this is pretty much ready to go into production or whatever it is to the public but it would be great if everyone who was running a tournament wanted to use something like this where it was more of a standardized um uh it's a it's a standardized product right and so it can easily be uploaded into uh, one website where 
um, all of that data can be downloaded into whatever database it needs to be downloaded into so that every and anyone can look back and say, oh, what about the tribune turn? Let me take a look at that. And all the data is there. And to make it uniform and standard across the board only makes it easier for the tournament people who run tournaments to to use this platform and send it away. And, it, and then all that data goes into a database and it's all uniformed and, and more so just it's the data is accurate. You know, and so, and from a you know broadcasting standpoint, you can pull up all this data and say, you know, back you know, for the last three years, uh, you know, crisis has done this, or or you know, these two teams that are playing that have come up have played thirteen times in the last four years, and here's what the outcomes have been. You know, imagine being able to do that as a broadcaster. Um, and the first obstacle is to make it easy for tournament people who run tournaments to. Um, you know, input that data and send it off and get it to where it needs to go uh, for later use. Man, it's only, if only there's like this website for dodgeball data that existed. Yeah, this common database. It almost sounds like dodgeball database would be a great name for a website for someone to go to. Oh, hey, look, we got Bill here <laughs> who actually owns that. <laughs> yeah, uh, just to, to play into that, uh, I, I announced two things this year. The first one was that schedule maker. Um, and uh, I had a lot of questions come out of that. And uh, the second one was Dodgeball Database that came out. And all of this it goes along with your point entirely. Like my goal has been, I want to standardize everything because if it's easy for someone to pick something up and use it to run an event, it's easy for me to just write one program and take your, your stuff in and output it to this website. Like you as an organizer, I want to take as many things off your plate as possible. I don't want you to have to think about uh, how to run a tournament or uh, you know, what's the format I should use or, uh, Hey, I got to get my stats up. Uh, how do I tell people where we're streaming? Um, the, the less and less you have to do as an organizer, the better and better the product is going to be for the player. And the, the more things you can think about as an organizer. Um, and I think once we start getting these things like picked away from, from organizers like task lists, uh, I think we're going to be able to do bigger and bigger things because of it. Um, and so that'll just help the sport entirely. Um, also, as a, as a commentator, um, having these um, these stats and, and being able to to tell an audience um, why this match is important. Um, like, I want to be able to say, like, hey, when Justin Pyan gets hit out first, Doom's win percentage goes from an eighty-eight percentage to a seventy percent. Like, that's a big first out. Um, and when this team gets off their first two hits or, or this and that, like to be able to say these things, um, like opens the eyes to the audience. Um, we still have to cater a lot to the people that are, are coming and going very quickly. And so to be able to pull up these stats very quickly is so important. Um, you know, we're going to have to do these things in real time and get deeper stats and, and explain the meaning because we as players know a lot of these things. But at the same time, we don't even have a good vocabulary for like positions on the court. What do you call the person to the left or right of your corner? Like, I'm sure everyone's got a different name for that. You can call it a guard. You can call it middle wing. Uh, you know, you have middle, you have corner. What's that other person called? Yeah. We have to like improve our vocabulary as a sport. There's a lot we got to work on, but I think these kind of tools will like start helping us define these things. Man, if only we had like a, a platform where we could write about this stuff and release it in like this series of articles. I'm just realizing I'm I'm sitting in a electronic room with uh 
a lot of people are producing amazing things for dodgeball and um yeah i think uh joe i don't because we were talking about offline but you said that you wanted to make this available for everybody for free use right like you weren't planning on charging anyone that's incredible yes that that is so it's it's basically something that um i saw a need for and uh i wanted to give back to the dodgeball community so i saw that it was a it was a it was a challenge and it, and it hurt my own team and so i said well what better way to do that than to create something rather than just rather than just complain about it i wanted to do something about it and i've done that with with this and i've also i think i've done that with with refing you know i think i think um you know, in the past, I think my team's been burned a few times with refing, and so that's one of the reasons why I have such a passion for refing, and I always ref as many games as possible. So I'm just trying to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. That's awesome. Bill, you're nodding your head. Are you kind of in the same mindset when it comes to your project and what you're working on and what you <laughs> want to contribute? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what Joe's touching on is something... Um, it's a problem that not a lot of people get eyes on until, like, a, if, if you go to a tournament and everything, if you only get to concentrate about the dodgeball, um, like it, you know, you're, you're really just reflecting on what your team did, a tournament went smoothly and that organizer put in the work and effort to have it go smoothly. Um, those events were like the rules are confusing, um, you know, things were going wrong, uh, things didn't finish where they wanted to, teams are upset about like the format. Uh, but when everything is standardized and you just get to play dodgeball, like that's a success on the organizer. Like, absolutely, it's a, it, it, we need to make it easier. Like, it's a sorry. How am I trying to say this? Uh, it's a problem that a lot of people see, and so it we need that solution to make these things better. Um, and it, it's something that goes underappreciated. Um, like having an event runner like Joe is, you know, that isn't a player is is absolutely like valuable um like running the classic where uh lou is a player and an organizer and i'm a player and an organizer and everyone else is a player and an organizer uh that's it's really tough so having those like positions and uh, all these common tools help out so much that's awesome uh, this is very very cool what you guys are doing and um you know five years from now when we're looking at how far dodgeball's come it's going to be because of um efforts like this and so as a player and somebody that's been around for forever you know thank you both for just adding to the awesomeness as dodgeball and tyler you as well with the tribune and the fact that we even get to sit down and chat about a second annual uh recap is, is pretty awesome so i remember i'm looking at some of the old notes and some of your like things you'd rather do differently and it's just cool that we're able to talk about it again um pretty much covered everything that i wanted to but i wanted to see it open up for you guys had any final thoughts or anything you wanted to close on I have a, uh, a hypothesis that I, I can't wait to see. Uh, so I know as a ref, uh, like, like I love refing, but I think it takes a toll on me in that, um, in, in two ways. Uh, as a ref, I uh, am forced to play and ref, play and ref, play and rest. And I never get that moment to like sit and reflect. Um, and I kind of want to see how that reflects in the stats. I want to see if there is a noticeable difference in the effectiveness of a player ref versus a normal player. Um, so I think that's one that's of my hypotheses, and I look forward to seeing that. I kind of feel the same way. Like I, I'm really grateful for the rounds that I don't have to ref because I want to reflect and gather myself, and I have no science or anything to back it up off of. But I think um, I think I, I do better when I have a chance to just completely decompress and like listen to some music and zone out for a second. 
Um, I'm curious to see how like how if people would react to that or if, if how are you going to measure that because I'm I want to know what the result is. So I'll be bugging you for that later. See how that yeah. goes. <clears throat> yeah, as a player, I play. I pay so much more just to have standard refs. Well, yeah, yeah, well, you know, yeah, I I tried to do that. You know, I last year I had a couple. I had like four refs, and then I had a couple player refs um, that would like fill in and stuff like that. It's just. It's hard. I tried to do that again this year. I tried to get uh, paid refs, and uh, it's difficult. It's difficult to get people to come out for the whole day, stuff like that. But I, I agree. Like I'm, I'm right there with you today. You know, I, I look back at my experience over the weekend, and one, it was really smart of me to hire Joe, um, and he just made it so easy on me. Uh, as well as this is one of the first tournaments I played in that I didn't have to ref in in the last two years. Um, because I chose not to, and um, and it, you know, I think I played better possibly because of it, or um, yeah, it just things seemed better. So without having to ref and without having to run the tournament, and um, so I don't know, I don't know what that means, but uh, I, I hope there's a solution down the road with as far as refing goes. Unfortunately, I don't see that anytime soon. I don't know. It's just tough when we have this long of a day you know we're talking 11 hour day right yeah to pay them you know what 10 bucks at most 20 bucks an hour <laughs> yeah it's really tough uh, i know i um i volunteer to wrap at the um the women's classic every year since they started and it's a 10 or 11 hour day to, for two days or i think it's yeah it's two days and it's just uh it's difficult to get beat up on by by all the teams for 11 hours a day and all you get is nothing but complaints and then on top of that you're not getting paid or you're getting paid very little but i think logistically it's it's difficult because you're looking at if you have a if you have um a tournament you're running with six courts and legitimately you need two refs per court you're looking to have to hire 12 legitimate reps and from your from whatever city you're in and if you're not logistically trying to get them there and to pay them enough to want to come is is quite difficult and i think many people have tried that in the past and it just uh it doesn't work or they haven't been able to get it to work yet i think uh when when you have more of these more of us older players retiring um at least for the time being i can see myself refereeing just because I want to be close to the actual dodgeball and, and not be completely done with it. So I think a solution is on its way. Um, but for now, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just a thankless job. At the same time, um, I wouldn't have it any other way. Like, players need to ref um, for, for the time being because I've, I've seen outsourced ref, ref uh, games, and it's been, been awful. But um, before we go on a further tangent, uh, Joe, do you have anything else that you wanted to speak towards um, regarding the event overall? Um, no, no, I think uh, I pretty much said it all. Um, more to come, obviously, on this on this um, this dodgeball tournament thing that I built. Hopefully, there'll be some. We'll, we'll I'll talk about it a little bit more in the future. But um, for now, I think um, I think I got a, a couple things that I want to sew up uh, on it, and then um, and then make it available to, to everyone to use. So awesome. more to come on that. Yeah, Exciting and stuff. anybody that uses it. Uh, <clears throat> I will gladly parse that and put it on Dodgeball Database. Like, 
right now I'm just looking to take in every single event ever. Like I'm not going to tell you your, your local event shouldn't be on there. I, I will put it up there. <laughs> I'm going to start feeding you some stuff, Bill. I know I threatened it earlier, but uh, I'm, I'm happy that it has some place to go other than my head, so I can't wait. Um, how about you, Bill? Any, any thoughts uh, overall from the Tribune? Any closing remarks? Uh, yeah, there was uh, – Heat beat us, both the team and that gym. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I that was an intense day, a long day, <laughs> uh, super valuable. Um I, I think the level of competition was, you know, worth the, the flight and, and coming down and playing in. Um, I look forward to having more like East teams and, and uh, you know, teams that come from uh, like the UDC circuit that, that tend to only play those. Like, you know, hopefully we start getting them into like things like this where we do start supporting no sting uh, and it's not just the 8.5 elite. Um, so yeah, I look forward to seeing more teams come to this thing. I, I hope to see it grow. Um, I'd love that. Awesome. And last but not least, Tyler, how about you? Any uh, closing remarks? Yeah, I mean, to kind of piggyback off that, you know, I would love to, <clears throat> I'd love to throw some Tribune tournaments in in the east and in the south and the north uh, of the nation, and uh, you know, those might be coming uh, people's way. We'll see. But yeah, I had had a great time, and uh, yeah, really, ex- really, I was really satisfied with the overall product and everything. So happy about it and there will be more tournaments in the future i'm not burnt out yet so that's good yes that's very good <laughs> good to hear that awesome very cool well we'll go ahead and uh we'll close it there and guys thank you so much again for hopping on um again two days after the fact um appreciate you guys being flexible and um yeah we'll just we'll just leave that so thank you so much yeah thank you Alrighty, so that was a rather quick recap of the second annual Dodgeball Tribune uh, tournament that took place uh, Saturday, February 2nd. Um, once again, thank you so much, uh, Joe, Bill, and Tyler for hopping on on this lovely Monday evening to help me record uh, so quickly. Definitely wanted to get these recaps out faster and, and um, be more relevant time-wise. But um, I will say, uh, obviously, this was my first foray into... Um, the Tribune tournaments, and um, I was really uh, pleased with the amount of honesty that was taking place. Um, I know there was some some ramblings of, of people cheating uh, towards the end, but for the, from my perspective, the games I played against and refed, uh, everyone seemed honest and were taking outs that uh, were very um, not not sketchy, but just really difficult to tell if if they were hit or not. So. If you're one of those players that is taking your outs when no whistle is blown, thank you so much. Uh, that 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 just really feeds into the overall integrity of the sport and and is just making this better and better. Also, huge shout out and thank you to uh, both Bill Fisher for DodgeballDatabase.com and to uh, Joe Coella for his work with the um, the scheduling software or the Hotchkiss 2000 or whatever we're going to call it. Um, I was, he was showing me a bit of a run through it uh, a couple months ago, and it just looks incredible. And I, and I cannot wait to see what that adds to, uh, to terms in the future. And of course, uh, shout out and thank you to uh, Tyler Greer for just taking it upon himself to keep busting out those articles and um, put it on tournaments. Um, the dodgeball community has been stepping up significantly. Uh, people are producing, and they're becoming part of the solution and, and not so much uh, the problem. And, and it's, it's very refreshing to see that. Um, taking place um big congratulations to heat for winning the no sting and to crisis for winning foam 
Um, again, this past weekend was very exciting. I cannot wait to see how these teams end up in future tournaments, uh, especially in Elite. And um, yeah, before I continue to ramble on, um, if you guys are joining me again, thank you. And I uh, look forward to season three. Let's see how it goes. Peace out. Dude, I haven't forgotten that face shot yet. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no. I was no, going absolutely. for your back, man, and all of a sudden you just saw your face like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Please, I need to get hit in the face more. Please uh, keep doing it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm glad you're you're not upset. <laughs> no, 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 never. I've, I've thrown enough of them that I, I expect them to come back my way.